0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. You're listening to a section of the LibriVox NanoRiMo project, in which a number of LibriVox volunteers write and record a whole novel together in serial form. During November of 2006, the project is based on the idea started by the National Novel Writing Month. CHAPTER Twenty Two, WRITTEN BY KATHLEEN Gatliff RECORDED BY KATHLEEN Gatliff OF com. Trevor found himself at a sidewalk café, perhaps in Paris. It looked exactly like a vintage postcard he had picked up at a flea market over the summer. The chairs around him were all empty, except for one at the next table, on which sat a small man in a full beard and a top hat. The gentleman was scribbling in a small leather-bound notebook with a quill. Trevor noticed that the man's moustache was curled and waxed. Then he noticed that everything was sepia-toned, even his own hands. He snorted. No wonder it looks like an old postcard, he thought. I'm not even going to try to figure this one out. There was a large cup of coffee in front of him, and he grabbed hold, hoping the warmth would steady him. "'I say, sir.' said a jolly female voice beside him, and he looked up to see an impoverished flower-girl dressed something like Eliza Doolittle, but with the same face his sister had as a teen. The girl was holding out a large red blossom that was wrinkled like a cerebrum. "'Fancy a bit of coxcomb, she asked. Trevor gaped at the sudden flash of color, but she tossed it away, and it seemed to disappear in thin air. She rummaged in the large wicker basket slung over her arm. "'Let's see,' she said. gut your tongue? "'I have just the thing for you. "'Some roses? "'No. "'Baby's breath. "'Nasty stuff, that. "'Soft and fuzzy, but too small to make an impression on your lady-love. "'Now that's a girl that wants for lilies.' "'She dug deeper. "'Aha! "'Just the thing.' "'She pulled out a wriggly grey creature from the depths "'and plopped it on the table. "'It's one of them rabbit-type things,' she said. "'A chinchilla.' "'and a damned nuisance, if you ask me.' The creature crept towards Trevor and stared up at him with beady black eyes of overwhelming cuteness. Trevor stammered, "'How is it that it's in color?' "'I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about,' the young girl said. She turned and flounced away. "'That's a fine animal you have there,' said the man at the next table. "'It must be of great comfort to you. "'Why, if I had a beast like that, I would write works of greatness.' "'not the penny dreadfuls that pay the bills.' "'Trevor looked at his chinchilla. "'It was sniffing at his coffee-cup. "'The name's Sexton, Sexton Hawk,' the man said, "'now standing at Trevor's elbow. "'I say, it's tremendous good luck to find a fellow Englishman "'in this beastly country. "'I'm a writer, you see. "'I take it you're one, too.' "'Trevor shook his head. "'No,' he said slowly, "'trying to remember where he had heard this man's name before.' "'I'm a reader.' "'For LibriVox.' "'LibriVox, eh?' the man said, settling into a chair. "'Jolly good. Sounds like a smashing firm.' He stroked the chinchilla, which started to purr. "'You know, my girlfriend Trixie would go wild for this thing. "'It would make a fabulous coat.' Trevor grabbed the animal and stuck it under his shirt, all the while glaring at the gentleman in front of him. "'I know who you are now,' he said, cradling the chinchilla. "'You're not a writer at all. You're a detective.' "'I am?' Sexton said in mock surprise. "'Smashing!' Trevor went on. "'I've been reading your books. The ones you start in. "'They're all but forgotten in my time. I take it this is not my time. "'I'm halfway through a recording of "'The Case of the Correspondent from Cairo right now. "'I'd be done by now, if I wasn't wrapped up in my own mystery.' How extraordinary, said Sexton. I suppose I must be a detective then. And look here. He fumbled at his breast pocket and pulled out a piece of papyrus, the same piece that had caused so much trouble of late. I've just received a rather extraordinary communique from Egypt. You know, that thing is a mess of secret symbols and codes and messages, Trevor said. If you make it past one, then you'll just find another one. It's a literary set of Russian dolls. "'Sexton's eyes widened as he ran his finger along the paper. "'You're right!' Trevor arched an eyebrow. "'Are you implying that there's a message written on it in Braille, too?' "'The other man laughed, loud and long. The chinchilla squirmed. "'Of course not!' Sexton said. "'That would be too obvious!' "'He collected himself and wiped a mirthful tear from his left eye "'before fumbling at his other breast pocket.' "'No, I just so happen to have this handy device.' He pulled a large instrument from his pocket. It looked something like a brass microscope, but with a small stylus attached to the scanning bed and a large speaker protruding from the eyepiece. "'What is it?' Trevor asked. Sexton placed the end of the papyrus under the stylus and unfolded a large crank that had been almost hidden on the left side of the contraption. "'It's an electronophone, he said it will play the music of the spheres the tiny spheres that make up all matter once we hear what it says we'll know the final secret the one that runs beneath them all sexton grabbed the handle and turned it an ungodly noise issued from the device as it played the papyrus like it was a record a cacophony of sound equal in irritation only to an old fifty-six k modem trevor shrieked and felt his belly go wet and sticky He suspected that the chinchilla had urinated. Sexton slowed the crank, then stopped it altogether. He looked at Trevor expectantly. What do you say, old man? Are you enlightened yet? No, Trevor all but yelled. I don't have any idea what is going on. None at all. Not about this, not about anything. I think I know someone, and they turn out to be someone else. Or I don't know someone, not even a little bit only they turn out to be the most important person in the world to me, and only when it's too late to do anything about it. Sexton took a sip of Trevor's coffee. But that sort of thing happens all the time. Trevor sighed and attempted to calm down. His agitation was negatively affecting the chinchilla. Only in stories. In your case, particularly histrionic stories. But I live in reality, and there shouldn't be spies in my life. Hell, I was even believing in Martians for a while. Martians, and I know for a fact that there are no such things. Sexton sat bolt upright. By Jove, are you sure? Why, the newspapers have been full of articles about the little green monsters of late. Horrible beasts. I was just thinking of writing my next novel about them. Perhaps some sort of invasion. But if they don't exist, well then, perhaps I'll write something else. I've had a stupendous idea for a novel about a world populated by short people. I was thinking they could go on some sort of quest, involving jewelry. That last part is Trixie's idea. Trevor leaned forward, elbows on the table. He stared into the street, where a harlequin was arguing with a woman. The clown noticed him, pointed, and shouted something in a strange language. Trevor couldn't even venture a guess as to which one. The woman turned toward him, and he could see that she was wearing dark glasses and had a tattoo of a star on her nose. "'The mole,' Trevor said aloud, staring at her. She stuck her tongue out at him and turned away. "'My dear boy,' Sexton said, "'you're not getting anywhere. If you don't start piecing the mystery together soon—' "'I know. It seems like every time something falls into place, something else unravels, and often a thing will happen—' and then be undone the very next day. It's maddening. Sexton put his hand on Trevor's shoulder. How long has this been going on? Three weeks. Three awful, awful weeks. By rights, I should be home right now, preparing a Thanksgiving turkey. Sexton cocked his head. That's that American holiday. What? Trevor nodded. Yes, I was going to have friends over. Instead, I'm flying all over the world, and I don't think I'll be back in time. "'And actually, at this rate, I won't have any friends or family left alive.' "'Something of a misnamed holiday, then,' Sexton said. "'The conversation lapsed into silence. "'Sexton pulled out his quill and notebook again. "'He stared at them for a moment, then addressed Trevor once again. "'I say, I don't believe you ever told me your name. Ames, Trevor Ames.' "'Sexton cocked his head. "'Why, that's a funny coincidence.' "'I'm writing a story about a Mr. Ames right now. "'He's something of a detective, good with languages and all that. "'I don't have much of a name for the book yet. "'I'm just sort of calling it The Mystery.' "'Let me see that!' Trevor lunged for the notebook, "'but Sexton snatched it away and shook his finger. "'No, no, no,' he said. "'You mustn't read it until it's finished. "'It's bad luck to peek at the ending when you're smack dab in the middle.' Trevor leaned back and tried to conceal his frustration. Can you at least tell me what happens next? Sexton rifled through the pages. You're in the dungeon right now? Yes. I see. The man appeared deep in thought. Trevor waved to get his attention. Can you help me? Sexton shook his head. Why not? Trevor asked. His chinchilla was squirming again. He could feel it scaling the inside of his shirt crawling up to his chest. Sexton frowned. "'Well, you see, I only have the one chapter written, and I don't think it'll be a help to you.' "'You've only written the first chapter?' Trevor asked. The chinchilla popped its head out of his collar and squeaked. "'No, not that one. I've only written the twenty-second, and that's not going to help you.' Sexton pressed his lips together in a frown. "'Why not?' "'Because it's a hallucination brought on by the opiates fed you by your captors. "'It's utter nonsense. "'They're hoping that your deranged ramblings will reveal the truths buried in your subconscious.' "'Trevor looked at the chinchilla, which twitched its whiskers. "'And will they?' "'Sexton shrugged. "'I don't know. "'I only wrote this one chapter.' "'Trevor sighed. "'But I can tell you one thing,' Sexton added. "'About the chinchilla.' "'Yes?' She's female. Trevor lifted the animal out of his shirt and looked between its legs. Sure enough, Sexton told the truth. You name her Emily now. Then the scene fades out, and you wake up. Emily, huh? Things dissolved, like a watercolor in the rain. End of chapter 22. Recorded on November twenty-third, two 2006.